Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. I am your boy Buzz, and we have a full crew today. It's me, Johnny, and Tony, and we're here to celebrate episode 150. Boys, crack them to that real quick. Before we get into this episode, be sure to go on ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at ontapsportsnet, at Socks on Tap. Johnny, Tony, we have baseball. It's awesome. It's episode 150. We have beers. I mean, guys, how can it get any better right now? Yeah. Oh, I can tell you how it gets better. It gets better with golden tea. <laughs> That's how it gets better. A golden tea machine. Yeah, we'll crack them for that buzz, episode 150. Cheers to that. Gentlemen, I'm excited to get a lot more density of episodes yes. coming in uh, here. They get back to our regular uh, every game post game show uh that'll be a lot of fun and then obviously continue with sunday fun days but uh good to have all of us back i know um we were busy uh buzzed with the move i was up on uh wisconsin um tony's uh, been busy himself but uh we found some time here and right in the middle of summer camp this one time at summer camp buzz this one time at summer camp dallas keichel was so dominant they had to put him into a shitty situation did yes, you guys did. see that they did today that today buzz yeah. yeah um but yeah it, it is great to be back with you and i don't want to beat around the bush too much here uh because i know people have things to do and even our listeners got things to do so let's run down some news white Sox recent news uh don't think we all got a chance to talk about it together um ever since the big one broke um last week michael kopech opting out of the 2020 season um guys we're not going to go and speculate and do anything of that i want to talk more about the impact on the 2020 white Sox. so buzz hit us with your take first obviously it sucks um again respect any decision he has to make personally for him but as far as a team aspect goes it would have been really nice to have a dynamic arm like that um do i think the socks are hurt without him yes do i think they're completely derailed without him no so that's kind of a good thing because you're not exactly sure of what you're going to get um again i wish he was going to be with the team i mean you know, we saw his spring training start that he had. He, th- you know, what was it, five, six pitches in a row over 100 miles an hour, struck out the side. Look, he looked good. Um, you know, it just it sucks that he's not going to be here during this duration of the season that we're actually going to get here, um, these 60 games. But again, I think the White Sox have enough pitching depth uh, that, that that they should be okay. Um, I, like I said, it's going to hurt them, but I don't think it's going to completely derail them by any means necessary. Yep, good point. Uh, Tony, go ahead. You know, I think with Kopech, not as much as the impact on the White Sox this season that I'm worried about. I'm more worried about Kopech long-term. Um, you know, you already missed the year uh, last season with Tommy John surgery. You're now out this year. You come back next year. You haven't played baseball in two and a half years in, a, in an actual, you know, MLB game. Um, so I, I think I'm worried more about the long-term impacts this could have for Michael Kopech versus what we're going to do this year. Buzz, you mentioned it. Um, I don't think they're screwed uh, without him. Uh, you made off-season acquisitions in uh, Dallas Keuchel. You've got Gio Gonzalez to kind of round out that rotation. We all know that you you and I, uh, we all love Ross Detweiler if we have to see <laughs> Ross Detweiler. Uh, but no, uh, Dylan Cease is going to be strong, I think, this year. You've got Reynaldo Lopez, and of course you've got Lucas Giolito in there, and and then throw another name, Carlos Rodon, out there. There there might have been a point in this year where if Kopech was struggling, you see some time for him in the bullpen, but I don't think that they're screwed. There's enough depth here to get through that. However, I mean, you're talking about 
one of the most exciting arms in this organization missing this season. Uh, that, I don't know, just makes me want to see him pitch more and it makes it more frustrating as a fan of this team, knowing he won't be part of this, especially if this team makes a playoff run. I mean, yeah. Michael Kopech is one of the best pitchers in this organization. Not having him does hurt, but I'm more worried about what that hurts in 2021, 2022 as well. Just getting him up to the point where he needs to be in his career to be a dominant ace, which is I think what we're all looking for him to be. Yep. Uh, I mean, I won't be uh, uh, too lengthy here. You guys uh, made a lot of good points and points that I was going to make if you did not bring them up. Uh, I like what Buzz said. They're, they're not sunk. They're, it Sure, it hurts. Um, and you want to see your best talent out there. Uh, they're not sunk, though, given the depth that they have uh, with some of the offseason acquisitions that they made. Um, but my other point just with that uh, that goes along with that statement is that um, – you know, we, we were talking about, oh, if you lose, say, Gio Gonzalez wasn't able to throw this year. Yeah, sure, you would have liked him in, you know, for the storyline of him finally throwing for the Sox. But it wouldn't have been as big of a drop-off as, you know, having Kopech not in there. I know inexperience, whatever, but if you're just going raw talent, your best arms available, I mean, he's probably, like, top, like, three there. Yep. So that that's just where I stand from it. So, yes, it's going to – it is going to hurt a little bit, and I think it uh, – you, you will see that at times, um, but there is, as Buzz had mentioned, uh, depth to help cover that. So um, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, I hope everything's well with him, and I hope he can get back uh, to throwing. And that's another concern, Tony, like you said, long-term for Kopech. Um, but uh, when it comes down to it, his decision, you know, he had more to, you know, lose by, uh, you know, uh, not having the second year to get back into the swing of things here. So obviously he felt it was important enough um, to make a tough choice like that. So um, like I said, we respect the decision. Um, but I just want to talk about the impact on the team though for that. Um, be interesting to see uh, kind of what the rotation looks like then, because essentially I probably had him penciled in as a spot. I think pretty much everybody did. Um, maybe if it wasn't right from the get go, if they were going to ease back a little bit, but at one point, if you're talking full go, every man available in the system he would have been part of that starting rotation when you're getting down to uh late august september games so yep. um that that's just where i stand on it um i don't want to go uh too crazy with the topic uh plenty of discussion has been had on twitter i'm sure we'll continue to discuss uh throughout the season as we go along uh, oh would Kopech have been in this situation yada yada uh, we won't know. So uh, let's move on to the next one here. Um, the White Sox, when they came into camp, had two positive COVID tests. Uh, there are two players that are on the uh, roster that aren't there. So it's kind of putting two and two together. Obviously, they're not going to confirm it. We're not going to say that they do have it. But Jose Ruiz, Yohan Moncada, absent from uh, this stretch of camp. So like I said, you can kind of <laughs> make the connection there. Uh, that's probably what it is. But uh, our guy, Andrew Kinsler, uh, had a little bit of a scoop today on Twitter. Um, from a source close to the team that uh, he says Mankata will be cleared to come back tomorrow. This is Wednesday night when we're recording, so that would be Thursday. They have the night scrimmage, so it would be awesome to see him back in action, guys. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It'd be nice to have him back. It'd be nice to not have the questions lingering around it now, because like you said, Nani, I mean, you can kind of put two and two together between him and Jose Ruiz, right? It's not really hard to figure out. Um, Don't take rocket appliances. It doesn't take rocket appliances to figure this shit out. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. This fucking who's got the COVID. Okay. Anyway, um, you know, I think that uh I think it'll be nice to get him back so the questions can stop being uh asked and it'll be nice to 
not have to see Andrew Vaughn or your mean Mercedes over there at third base. You know, it'll be our guy at third base, you know, on Mankata. So um, I'm looking, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that, him getting back and, uh, you know, starting to get some reps with the team before we start the season next week. I mean, it is next week, right? The 24th. Yeah, that's next week. So, um, yeah, I'm just looking forward to him coming back. And, you know, thankfully it wasn't a actual injury. I mean, hope, you know, obviously if he's rumored to be coming back tomorrow, he's healthy. So, Let's let's rock, man. I'm I'm all for it. Yeah, I've got I've got nothing more to really add on this one besides the fact that we all know what type of player Yohan Moncada is, and having him in the lineup is very important to the success of this team. Um, I don't think this will be the first time a White Sox player may be held out for mm-hmm. uh, the goal around the league. Yeah, this, the these league. reasons, and you know, it's just I'm glad if, if there's any silver lining to this, I'm glad it's now. And not you know late August when we're dealing with Yohan Moncada on the on the IL uh, for for COVID related reasons or whatever it is. Um, let's just hope he can remain healthy. I think he could be one of the most dynamic players in the city of Chicago in all baseball this year. Uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to see him play. Yeah. So Yohan uh, so Moncada seems to be in good spirits uh, on his Instagram uh, yesterday. He had posted a video, uh, just a highlight video that someone had put together of him uh, from last season. Uh, it said, I'll be back real soon with the smiley face emoji. Uh, I know you can't dig into that. Say Not saying that is confirming that I'll be back, but uh, hopefully putting that together with the take, uh, the scoop that our guy Andrew Kinsler had. Hope he's back uh, in action. That'd be cool to see him uh, because that uh, – Inner squad game tomorrow night is going to be televised on uh, NBC Sports Chicago, just like it was today, this afternoon. So hope that is. But I just want to play a question here for you guys. Um, say, let's just assume that uh, that ends up not being the case. He's not back yet. And the White Sox do at some point have to go with the stopgap measure at third base. Who's your pick and why? If they have to. Obviously, we want Moncada back ASAP, but if they have to. I mean, would it would it be Mendick? You know, I mean, you, have, option. you know, I mean, you have Madrigal, uh, uh, you know, up here and I mean, he's looking pretty good here. I know we're going to get to that in a little bit in these interest squad game, interest squad games here. But Mendick probably would be the one to fill in, I'd assume. Um, I mean, Lurie can probably go over there as well. Mm-hmm. You know, we saw him all around the infield last year, uh, for, you know, a few, a few times, you know, whether it was covering for injury or off dates. So. I mean, honestly, I, I wouldn't want to get too cute with it or anything like that. I think it'd be Mendick or Garcia. I, I don't really see who else they, they'd plug in. Yep. Done. I'm going to get real cute with it. I'm moving Tim Anderson over to third. I'm sliding Nick Madrigal <laughs> over to shortstop, and I'm playing Lurie Garcia at second base. <laughs> We're getting wild. That's We're getting, getting absolutely wild. wild You're getting a little wild there. I'm not going to go with Tim Anderson at third no, base. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm definitely not the I'm, hawk I'm, firm, I'm, being, I'm being very, very off the rails because I think Buzz took the, the safe bet there. But yeah. uh, honestly, uh, I liked what uh, Renteria said six? about Andrew Vaughn over at uh, at third base earlier in camp. Um, I think if if Jose Abreu does stick with this team and you do have a log jam somewhere, uh, Vaughn being able to play both corner infield spots, I think is very important. If we're in a shortened season, getting Vaughn's bat into this lineup was for, against some major league pitching, I think is important. Um, I know everybody likes Sherman Mercedes's bat too, but I kind of like him better in the outfield if he's going to play somewhere. I, I don't know. There's going to, there's not going to yeah, be a lot but... of off days for these guys. So it's going to be hard to get at bats. Uh, but I do think Vaughn being versatile is something that could help the White Sox down the road. 
And if we can get a taste of what he can do at third base in a major league game, I'm not going to argue with it. Yep. Uh, so I just wanted to pose that question to you guys. I like the response that you gave. Um, and even you being outlandish, Tony, I like outside the box ideas. Um, but yeah, just for the sake of discussion here, um, I, I just wanted to bring that up because we've seen we have seen a cast of characters uh, get some time at third base. Obviously, as Tony had uh, alluded to, Andrew Vaughn getting some time over there. Uh, he's looked OK in some uh, plays over there. Uh, your Mercedes, pretty much a mess over there. Uh, no, I mean, I don't think anyone's shocked by that. Some throws are errant uh, when he should eat the ball, stuff like that. So I don't think that's an option. Uh, another guy that's been there is Chester Cuthbert. I think oh, your, yeah. uh, your option, I'm talking, this is very stopgap. This is short term. This is like four or five games. Uh, I think it's either Mendick or Cuthbert. So that, that's just my take on it. Um, they seem to be favoring him. He's had MLB experience with the Royals. I know he's been, you know, down minor leagues and the, out and about. And now the White Sox have him here and he couldn't be a, even be on a Royals team that was trash. So uh, it sucks that you have to go there, but I just wanted to, you know, go where we're, who fills in because our guy, uh, Duke Coughlin over at on tap wrote that article. So I figured we should air it out here and discuss it. So the, the real answer here should be Jake Berger. Mm. The real answer by here, this timeline, yeah, by, by friend, of, original, friend of the show, by, by his original timeline. I wish that answer was Jake Berger right now, because I think that that would have been his opportunity. Say Moncada still not ready to go to start the season. If Berger had been able to work his way into double A, triple A last season, that would have been the prime opportunity for him to get some major league at bats. And uh, there's some news about Berger um, playing in a, what is it? The St. Louis league. It's a local yeah. league with uh, uh, college and some semi-pro or pro players uh, down there. So he's actually going to get some game action, but he was left off the, uh, the taxi squad. Yep. Yeah. Uh, just not back to it yet. Uh, I think he, I saw a video of him, uh, hitting in cages. Um, he, he was doing that. So he's going to play in that, uh, league with permission, uh, from the white Sox. So, um, at least he's getting back into some things, but yeah, I agree, Tony on the original timeline. This probably would have been a great opportunity for Jake Berger, but not here. I uh, can't do it. So it's gotta be one of those names. I go Cuthbert or Mendick. Um, just based on who the personnel is. Uh, and I think Lurie is going to be used as a Swiss army knife. You could, you very well could, if you needed a game or two out of him, could start put, him at third. You but put Encarnacion over there for a game or he, two. <laughs> he has not played third base since 2013, I believe. That was a stat. So Drug, Drugs um, bad, okay. Yeah, okay. Let's, uh, let's avoid that, okay. All right, guys, uh, let's move on, guys. The fun stuff, uh, we've been watching it. Finally, got to see some streams. Uh, we saw some highlights that the White Sox had posted over the weekend with some ridiculous bombs uh, that we saw. Tim Anderson bringing the bat flip back out. But inter-squad games, overall thoughts here, uh, finally being able to watch some of these. Buzz, go first. I got to watch them at work. Um, you know, thank thank God for YouTube and them being live on YouTube. Uh, Lucas Giolito struggled a little bit in his first inning of his game, but then he pulled it together real quick. Um, I think he retired like, oh, it's actually in the notes. Look yes. at that. He retired 12 straight to finish the outing. Awesome. I just read that from the notes, but I know he retired. Like I said, it was, it was a lot. It was, he looked really good. His, yeah. his breaking ball was working. His fastball was working. And and what I love most about baseball season is, uh, did you guys see the pitching ninja, uh, gif where it was showing his fastball up and then it was showing his breaking ball break. Simultaneously, yeah. That was super cool. I love seeing that Giolito looked real good. Um, Carlos Rodon looked all right. He didn't look too bad. Um, I've been really impressed the last two days or, or was it? What's today? Wednesday? Is today? Yeah, yeah, today's Wednesday. I've, I've been impressed with Nick Madrigal. I think he's looked pretty decent. I mean, the guy just, he's been down in like, I think, two counts and then just embattled back. Seems he can always put the stick on the ball. 
I, I dig what I'm seeing. I don't know. You know, obviously it's an intra-squad game, but if he can keep getting on base, stealing, and like he did today, got to first by beating out an infield single, I believe it was, stole second, then he scored on the next hit. So, you know, I like seeing stuff like that. Um, I, I'm, I'm just happy with a lot of stuff that I saw. And my favorite thing from all the clips that you just brought up, Nani, was uh, definitely – Luis Roberts falling down home run. That shit was dope. <laughs> I don't care who you are. That shit was cool, man. He fucking crushed that thing. So, you know, he looks good, too. His arm is so dynamic, too. Like, that dude can fucking throw a baseball. Um, so I'm very, very excited. Um, I mean, everything I've seen, obviously, I'm on cloud nine because, I mean, think about the situation our world's in right now. And baseball is kind of like my health. You know what I'm saying? Like, it coming back is making me healthier. So, like, I'm happy. feel normal, Buzz. Yeah, it does. It does, man. And like I said, just breaking down the team and watching everything, I haven't really been too upset with anybody just because, you know, they're working themselves. We have to all understand here as well. They're working themselves back in after, you know, being in spring training. Now they're working themselves back in. It's patience, you know, keep grinding, keep getting better and make it happen. I was just going to say really quick, uh, just a a point following up on that before Tony gets to his is that you got to think of these as your first, second week of spring training stuff here with right. how long it's been off. Sure. They, those guys have been staying in shape and guys taking care of their bodies or throwing on their own, hitting on their own, wherever they can get a cage. Um, but you know, some guys were at, uh, that lived down in Arizona, were able to utilize facilities, but you got to think of this still as, you know, what is this probably then second week, third week, spring training yeah. status here. So uh, Tony, I'll, I'll let you go first before we get into a few other. Yeah. You know, I haven't really taken much of an analytical look at any of these games uh, more or less just enjoying the fact that there's baseball on my TV in the middle of the day. Um, I just think that that's something that I personally needed for myself just to feel mentally right. I know buzz, you talked about it being your health, like just the fact that we're able to watch these things. And, and I, I'm so thankful that NBC Sportsnet's been able to actually put these things on the air. Yep. I know uh, a lot of white Sox fans were, kind of mad that the first few inter-squad games, I mean, we were scouring Twitter for any little bit of highlights that we can get from from practices, anything from camp that we can get our hands on, and the streams have gotten better and better each time. And you know, we have friends over there at NBC Sports, that um, NBC Sports Chicago, that's worked with on tap on various podcasts or interacted with us on Twitter and stuff like that, and I, I just want to give like a huge shout-out to all those guys that if if they're the ones that brought it to the, their management team to be like, Hey, these Sox fans are dying for this. And they bitched at us for not having some spring training games on TV as well. This past spring training when it was at, before COVID took over, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm just really glad that NBC sports Chicago, like, you know, they heard us, they saw what we wanted and, and they put it out there for us. I think that's fucking, I think that's cool. And they deserve a bunch of kudos for that. It's dope. Yeah, no, I I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. Some things I've noticed. Number one, Please do not get hurt, Luis Robert. Yeah, like please, oh, that awkward slide. Please has... don't get hurt. I, I was a little nervous. It, as cool and tough as the home run where he tripped and fell, you thought he pulled something. <laughs> I was worried that he pulled something. Done that slide. <laughs> yeah, done this... that slide yeah. because there's one guy I'm really not impressed with this this early ongoing. Uh, what I've gotten to watch of White Sox baseball so far, and that's Adam Engel. He looks like absolute dog shit out there right now. He in does. the field too. In the field too, and that's that's supposed to be his strong suit. I mean, he's bobbling balls out in the outfield. Uh, hasn't really had a great at bat. Not jumping off the page at you. I mean, he looks like he's in great physical shape. He always is. He, he looks like he's in great physical shape. Just not putting it together um, on the field in any sort of way. 
that that's an observation. I, again, another name that you brought up was Nick Magical. Uh, I've been impressed with what I've seen so far too. We'll see how that holds up. Although I was, you know, somewhat hoping that Ross Detweiler was going to strike him out because I was not going to let anybody live that down. Um, <laughs> can, we, can we talk about strikeouts real quick, Tone? We came very close. I got to talk about one strikeout, and it took place today. Yeah, it was it was Carson Fulmer on a nasty breaking ball getting Tim Anderson, and uh, I immediately tweeted out to Jordan Lazowski because you had made fun of me that one day and said that me and Jordan should head up the fan club for Carson Fulmer. Um, that was a back in probably like the first double digit socks on tap episodes before we hit triple digits. But Carson Fulmer, man. I don't know if you got to watch him at all today, Tone, but I, I was impressed by what I saw. Am I being fooled, or is it time to crack him for Carson? Because I, I don't fucking know. I want a T-shirt that says that. I don't I don't know. I think there was mixed results there, Buzz, because, yeah, yeah he, there were a couple. I mean, the, there is. When he can spin that thing off, it is pretty nasty, Buzz. I, I'm with you. And I'm I think he got, got Mazzara on one as well. He did, um, yeah. Yep, I believe yep. we retweeted that from the Sox on Tap account. Um, but he, he also got kind of screwed and it's not his fault that fielding errors were made behind him. But then after that, it's like, you know, I understand it's not on the pitcher, but yeah, the wheels start to come off. And I understand I've been there. I've, I've been a pitcher and it it gets frustrating, but if you want to be big league pitcher, the mental makeup, uh, you got to hunker down uh, and get outs in those situations. So that's something to monitor if he continues to pitch in these games uh, and they actually keep streaming them and we're able to watch. So um, just how how he can work out of adversity. I think that's going to be biggest thing. Cause if you want to be a reliable bullpen piece, sometimes you're going to come in with guys on second and third. Sometimes you're going to come right. in I don't think we'll see guys on first and second. I don't so. think we'll see Fulmer tomorrow in the next stream, but uh, don't we play the Cubs uh, on Sunday? Yeah, Sunday night, I believe. That would line up a little bit. Is that Sunday? Uh, the timeline. Yes, yeah, Sunday. Yeah, the, the, uh, Sunday, the Sox and the exhibition Cubs will be playing. Game. In an oh, exhibition. Was a, oh, yeah, Sunday's the 19th. My birthday's the 21st. I keep fucking losing it here. All right, I got you. But... You know, I, I I would expect to see some more Carson Fulmer before the season starts, and and I, I think he's a name right this now. This is the last hurrah, bro. It's it, the last hurrah with him. We thought know? the last hurrah was last year. <laughs> I mean, like getting rid of Carson Fulmer is I don't know. It's like trying to fucking you know get rid of mold in your house. It just keeps growing. I think it's, that it's like a black hole will fucking you know show itself if the Sox get rid of him in all of baseballs. We know it'll be sucked up into it. Into the Carson Fulmer black hole. <laughs> into the Carson Fulmer black hole, yeah. You know, I don't know what the the long-term plan is with Carson Fulmer. Obviously, not going to be a starter, but a long a long reliever in a, in a really bad game, you know, whether you're down by eight runs in the third inning, I feel like that's the best spot for Carson Fulmer at this point in time. I don't see him as a high-leverage reliever right now yeah. just because of that mental makeup. But he, he may be that guy that gets you through the fourth, fifth, and sixth to turn it over to the bullpen and see if the offense can get something back. That's kind of where I have yeah. him penciled in right now. And if there was a triple-A season, that's where he should be. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have to get creative at some points here, I would imagine, uh, especially working guys back in. Say Carlos Rodon starts a game, uh, and they're only limiting him. They're, mm-hmm. they're, he's going to go three. There's your situation that you just uh, described, Tony. 
could be a perfect opportunity for him to, you know, get back and prove himself. Um, guys, I want to touch on a couple other uh, notes that were here. Uh, we talked about the Luis Robert falling down uh, bomb. And I see Andrew Vaughn put one out. This is before the games were streamed. Uh, that was on Saturday, I believe, Saturday or Sunday when he did that. Actually, I think it was Sunday. Yeah, that was Sunday's game. Um, Encarnacion, uh, I was going to bring this up to you guys. Uh, even in spring training, I know it was a small, you know, he was out for like a, he got scratched from a game and then uh, it was, uh, suspended yeah, suspended very shortly after that. But he didn't look good during those ones. And then from what I've seen the past couple of days, he had like one opposite field single that was kind of a nubber. But other than that, it uh, looks like he was getting fooled a little bit at the plate. So it was good to see him hit a bomb uh, on Saturday scrimmage. And the parrot came out, which was awesome, guys. The parrot celebration is cool and tough. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I, I totally dig that. I wish I was jacked enough to do that. I'm not, because I would look like an ass. If I was running around the bases, my arm would just start blowing in the wind like SpongeBob a little bit. But yeah. tell you what, he, Edward Carcion, man, I'm excited for him. I, I'm super excited for him. That that Like me and Tony said on the last Ox on Tap while you were in Wisconsin, the reason he was brought in was for fucking victories, man. Like, you know, that guy, that guy's dope. So I'm very, very excited to see how that goes. I Can love we get a pronunciation on that, Buzz? What was that? Incarcion, isn't that right? Incarnacion. I can't fuck. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to start you, getting. Can you wait? Can you roll the R in the middle of the Encarnacion <laughs> yeah. in there? Incarnacion. Oh fuck! Where is the R? Incar. Oh, there it is. Okay, wait. Incarnacion. Incarnacion. Das. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on, motherfuckers. Incarnacion. Is that oh. good? Was that hot? Incarnacion. Oh, Incarnacion. Incarnation. No, I can't do it at the R. I feel like I sound like an asshole yeah. right now. It's too early. It's too early in the name. It's too early in my beer drinking. It's a, it's, <laughs> I, I it's can't a total do it. Unless... Job. Welcome to Socks on Tap. That's yeah, what I can't. I, I can't fucking pronounce names, man. It is what it is. Oh, you're not a real fan if you don't can't pronounce his name. Here's a fucking spin kick. Shut hey, up. <laughs> We we uh, I love it because I'm usually I like to be on top of those, but uh, we got to point them out when you and Tony we're gonna have a you know competition for who can if we have butcher a counter this most. year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The butcher counter. You know, I'm just I, glad I have a brother in the trenches that fucks up names with me. Me and Tony, I'm just very I'm very happy about that. I have somebody because Juice would always fuck with me about that when we were recording the outcast. I would always fuck somebody's name up, and he would just start <laughs> ripping on me. He'd just start ripping on me. I'm like, oh, whatever, man. I don't know. Uh, speaking of cool and tough, uh, as we said, the parrot Sully is uh, Tim Anderson bringing back the bat flip. Uh, that was excellent to see. Uh, you get a bunch of people like get their panties in a bunch on Twitter, but that's great. Uh, that's what he wants to do. You got people talking about him. He became massive highlight from a time when there's no real baseball going on, uh, putting the White Sox on the map even more. So uh, love it or hate it, White Sox are getting more attention because of it. So. Um, just wanted to bring that up. Other than that, uh, you'd mentioned Rodon a little bit. Be interesting to see how he's utilized. Like I said, maybe if they're limiting him, he goes and he's the opener uh, of sorts. I know he is a starter to start with, but uh, he could be in that role if they are uh, limiting innings there. Um, Gio Gonzalez is working back as well. I believe in his outing, he said he was focusing on his changeup and other off speed more. Uh, so that's why he got touched up a little bit, but Hey, uh, good to see him in an actual white Sox uniform at 35th and shields throwing some baseballs there. So, uh, I would imagine he is going to be one of your big swing bullpen guys. Can I go back to the home runs for just one second tomorrow night? If somebody hits a dinger. Can we get some fucking fireworks? Oh, we need fireworks. Can said, we get some fireworks? I, I said it wasn't complete today after Zach Collins' home run. Yeah, that was was, oh, that's another guy players. we haven't talked about. He's hitting. He's hit two, didn't he? Collins has one for sure. He might. He might have hit one when it wasn't televised, Buzz. 
Oh, okay. I thought he had two. Yeah, I mean, fucking, that was... I mean, Anderson's got... Anderson has three right now, I believe. He had two in one game. Abreu has one. I vaguely remember something about Collins hitting hitting one. Maybe it wasn't in an actual inter-squad game, but it could have been... Uh, like just live BP against a pitcher or some something yeah. like that. I did see he uh, yeah he hit a two run home run in the fifth inning today. Okay, against uh, against Herrera. Yep, and it was his second home run in six intra squad games. So okay. yeah, he's, so he's hit pre- two it pre televised. Yeah. Yes, yeah, it must have been pre televised. Um, and then he's and you know in this article that I'm reading right now, um. You know, he had a very strong, strong spring training. He uh, slashed 333, 538, and 722 with uh, two home runs and six ribbies and 13 Cactus League games um, before the shutdown. So, may, I don't know. Maybe he's kind of figuring it out. Do you think we're going to see much Zach Collins this year, guys? That's uh, I, don't, I don't really think we're going to yeah. see much Zach Collins. Pinch hit. We probably won't. Pinch hit opportunity. I think that's going to be well, it. When, when do your pinch hit opportunities come in when you, don't, when you have the universal DH? Who's he pinch hitting for? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question, but I, I could see, you know, say there's a stopgap measure there. You got Mendick or Cuthbert there. There could be an opportunity, and then you sub in your utility yeah. guy after that for the defensive yeah. side. That's yeah, where I was that's thinking. About that's it. about it. Honestly, if you're talking about Zach Collins' usage, that could be it. Uh, but I, I like the confidence that uh, he, he's starting to build up uh, because I think you that also gotta... was kind of lacking last year when he was struggling. Right. right? You also got to think, too, just in case, like you and I talked about, on the on this previous Sunday Funday tone is the trade deadline and how important that is. If the Sox aren't performing up to the standards that they want to perform to, maybe James McCann gets traded away and Zach Collins is starting to split time with with Yaz. I mean, that's possible. You know, I mean, who knows? Yeah, it could be. You know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't scenario. want that to be the situation, though. I'm not going to wish that into existence no, no, for Zach God Collins no. at bats. Oh, neither am I. I'm just. I was just stating a situation that might happen. A scenario. No, I'm just. I'm just saying if if we're there and we're trading off pieces at this deadline, I'm going to be very upset. Yeah. That's, not dude, not not great, Bob. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to be very very upset. I think we're all going to be very very upset. Yeah. I, I do I do agree that that's probably one of the the likely trades at the deadline if we are. Uh, just because expiring contract, there's a, a log jam at catcher. But I feel a lot more comfortable with James McCann, an all-star, as my backup catcher oh, yeah. than that, Zach Collins. That's what they're, they're, uh, Now that we're on that topic, I wanted to bring that up because uh, Chuck Garfine and Jason Benetti discussed that today. Um, you can't argue. I, I think it's it's not up for debate. The White Sox have the best catcher tandem yes. in the league because Yasmani Grandal is arguably the best all-around catcher and taking a new comp, both offense and defense. James McCann, like you said, all-star last year. Now you're back up. Um, that's pretty damn solid there. Um, I think it's it went from a question mark because we didn't really know what the situation was going to be before Grandal was brought in to one of your biggest strengths there. Yep. So I, I think that's fantastic, and you're going to need it um, playing pretty much every day. I know there's some off days intertwined in there, but – um, you, yeah, starting for a stretch, and then you can relieve him with McCann. I've got a, uh, I've got a question for you guys though too on this. When, when you get McCann behind the plate, are you sitting Grandal or are you sitting no, Edwin Encarnacion in the DH spot and DH and Grandal? Who's the more you, dynamic hitter you, here? What, what, what do you lineup I, construction? There's so many options. You, you could go. McCann catching Grandal at first, Abreu DH, and you want to give him a day off, and then you bench Encarnacion. Use him as a pinch hitter late in the game. Yep, I just wanted That's, to see where your be, head's at. With that would this. be mine. I would say you get Yasmani Grandal in there as much as possible. I know, I, yeah, you know, it's I, hard. I agree with that. You want to you want to rest legs, but you're talking about your best on base guys, where the White Sox were severely lacking in the past few seasons. 
get your on base guys you in there because you can even do yes, that. yes can draw walks and he can get on base and he can hit the ball in the ballpark. So I do have a question though for you guys. So obviously on what was it yesterday was Gilito pitching or was that Monday? It was mo- whatever day he pitched. Monday. Yeah, whatever day he pitched there. Um, what did you guys think about Yaz being behind the plate for him? Because I know we discussed this in the off season a little bit when we were doing socks on taps, but did you want to really stop a, uh, you know, a thing that was working between him and McCann? And that was actually brought up on the broadcast by Benetti that, you know, that, um, you know, Lucas Giolito had a, a, you know, a career resurgence, you know, I mean, he came from the worst pitcher in the league in, in 2018 to, to one of the best pitchers in the league in 2019. Um, do you stay with what is working? I think Buzz in this, in this regard, I think McCann is responsible for some of the turnaround that Lucas Giolito's had, but I also think Lucas Giolito is more responsible for the turnaround that Lucas Giolito had. And it's a, it's a confidence thing. And with McCann on an expiring contract, you've got 60 games this year. Giolito needs to be able to pitch to more than just James McCann. Yeah. In order for the long-term success of Lucas Giolito and the White Sox. Oh, yeah. So, in my opinion, I would not let Lucas Giolito throw to McCann in any inter-squad game going into this thing. Get him used to Yasmani Grandal. Grandal is, is as good, if not better, behind the plate than, than James McCann defensively, oh, pitch man. calling, definitely pitch better framing, by a mile. all Way that better. stuff. Way better. So, let's see what we get with our top starter, with our top catcher. And right. that gives you the best chance to win ball games. That's not taking away from what James McCann has done for Giolito. Let him catch his bullpens. Let I, him catch all I, that I, other stuff. But Giolito needs to develop a relationship and a rapport with Grandal over the next few years in order for this team yeah. to have continued success and, and Lucas Giolito would. to have that success. I think that's important. I like what they're doing. I definitely think it'd be wrong for us not to ask and answer that question here. Um, just because no, I, I'm, I'm curious what you guys have to say. I, yeah. I, I like buzz. I'll go really quick here. I like Tony's right, response, but Yasmani Grandal, best framing catcher in the league. Lucas right. Giolito was already dominant last year with James McCann behind the plate. You're going to add a few strikes to that mix. That would have been balls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sign me the fuck up. Yep. So yes, right. Yasmani, let, let him cut, you know, I would, that's your best duo. That's your best pitcher catcher duo that you have. So, and there's no, I also want to, I, I don't want to go too far into players that aren't white Sox, but there's no head case here. There's no, I need my personal catcher here. There's no, you know, Lucas Giolito's a team guy. He, he can nut up and do it. So there's oh, no, absolutely. I'm Lester, oh, I need my David Ross or whatever the hell the situation was for the Cubs then. Or I understand about the, Lopez. about the only situation that I can, uh, yeah. And then there's Raylo with that. That's, so that's another one right too. Away. But I, 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 the about the only scenario that I think that's a, uh, permissible is with a knuckleballer, and we don't have a knuckleballer. I don't think there's a knuckleballer in the league right now. So that's it. That, that's my two cents on it. Yes, let yes catch him. I think that I would just go with that whatever you know Giolito's preference was. I guess especially going into kind of like a condensed season, and I want to compete in it. Whatever his preference is is probably what I would roll with as a manager, just because you know how how do you discredit an opinion of his i don't know what his opinion is he might be fine with it i don't know i was just you know that a lot of people ask that question and then hearing it on the broadcast today i just thought it'd be a good thing to bring up for us to hear tonight just because you know hey we we saw what mccann did they both had the best season of their careers together so it's just kind of you know trying to stick with something if it works i guess is more of uh, my mindset but like i said i know that yaz is 10 times better i understand that i respect that i know that so 
but yeah, that was the only thing I guess I kind of ad libbed yeah. there. I was, Buzz, you know. and just to follow up on that, if that is the case and that ends up being, you know, say they tried a few times and for whatever reason, there's a little bit of a clash or something different there. That's where the versatility comes in very nicely. McCann can catch then, and then that's Yasmani Grandal's day to DH or play first base. All right. That would be that would be my answer to that if it came to it. But I think he'll be fine thrown to either. I don't foresee that being an issue with Lucas Giolito. And I think he knows that basically what Tony had said. Let's be realistic. As much as James McCann is, you know, it was great that he was an all-star last year. I, I like the chemistry that he's uh, developed. He's a great team guy, um, great clubhouse guy. But realistically, Yaz is locked up for the long term. James McCann will probably earn some money somewhere else next year. Yep. So that's the reality of the situation. So right. get them comfortable now. Yep. Get them comfortable now. Um, guys, uh, let's get into our last couple of topics here from inner squad before we get into the fun stuff. Um, you, you touched on a little bit earlier, but, uh, Nick Madrigal, uh, hitting singles like crazy. That's what he does. Uh, buzz, you described a couple different situations in which he did it, uh, getting deep into account with two strikes on him today. He swung at a three Oh pitch and drove it back up the middle. Um, so th- that's encouraging. I, I don't think that they're going to, out the gate as much as the Twitter crowd wants it. Um, I, I don't think he's going to be the uh, starter on day one, but it won't be long. It, it won't be long into the season before you see him. You know what, Buzz? And you'll find this surprising. I drafted Nick Madrigal in a fantasy draft. No, I don't find it surprising at all. I mean, dude, I mean, I'm, I've always kind of agreed with your opinion on Madrigal. I'm not a hundred percent sold on the kid, but I listen, I know what he brings to the table. Okay. But when we went back to spring training, again, pre-COVID here, and we saw how he was struggling, I think that we have real fucking concerns here. The infield was moving up. They seemed to know how to play him. And that was it. I mean, you know, he wasn't that dynamic. Not like he was drawing a bunch of walks. You know, he, I mean, he wasn't striking out, but he was struggling. But, I mean, he's. I will give him the kid, uh, you know, the benefit right now. And I understand it's just, you know games against your own team here but he's looked really good and just watching him at the plate and trying to you know not just enjoying the game but trying to break down the game because that's what we do here you know watching him at the plate i've been really fucking impressed I, i have i've been really impressed this isn't to discredit johnny's love for lure garcia but i would like to see nick madrigal start the season as the everyday second baseman if that's what the long term plan is if he is your best second baseman, if he is going to be on base and the rest of this lineup can hit fucking dingers, I want Nick Madrigal on base when they hit those dingers. And if that gives you the best chance to win ball games in a shortened season, I don't understand keeping him out for two weeks in order to, to do what? Pr- prove what? What are you trying to prove? I don't here? think I don't think it'll be two weeks, Tony. I honestly I don't think I it'll be think two weeks either, John. It'll It'll be a sort of situation where I'm going to, this is me, I'm going to assume Mankata is back and he's back in the mix. So you have that situation covered at third. You're going to go with Mendick or Lurie at second. I believe Why? front opening day. Just for what? I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I would. That's what I'm, I'm not saying I would. No, I'm saying I, what's going to happen. Yes, I'm I know you what's going to I'm happen. Not saying, I'm not saying I would. I'm, I'm saying, I, I, I know you agree with me here, but I'm, I'm, I'm directing this question at the White Sox. What are you trying to prove? Yeah, okay, what yeah. are you trying to do? I, I thought you were they're asking trying to put no, somebody asking, in there. I'm asking the White Sox. What are you trying to do? Are you trying, they're trying to, to put somebody in there who has major league experience already because they want to have a strong start? That's what they're going to try to do, and it's going to fucking fail miserably, and they're going to let Madrigal come in because they're not going to want Lurie Garcia or Danny Mendick playing every day there when 
when you have a first yeah. round draft pick there. But those guys are the best served as. It's okay, the same so shit that happens in the, the NBA. As a, as a utility player. Let's see it, how he the, does in these first three exhibition games. And if he's on base, hitting, you yeah, know, that, if he's on that, base twice a game in three exhibition games, I think he earns that spot. Yeah, and he no, should. I, that's a telltale. Agree, tone. Maybe that happens. That that is a that, that's a great point, Tony, and that kind of transitions us. Uh, we got one last topic on inner squad here, but uh, glad we got that Madrigal discussion out because we'll talk about that when I get to the upcoming schedule here. But last thing was under the radar arms, uh, Cody Hoyer. Uh, that guy throws smoke. Don't know how much he would be used uh, in a situation like this. I would imagine taxi squad. But hey, you're probably going to have injuries. You're along with COVID stuff. You're going to have regular pitcher injuries. It happens. It always happens. Always does. Always will. That's baseball for you. So if that kid gets a shot, guy throws smoke. I've been impressed with him. Uh, Tehran Guerrero, he had some issues today. He got lit up a little bit towards the end. But yeah. uh, in his previous outing, he looked good. Ball was moving all around for him. And he's like 6'8". Guy just is built massively. He's got an unbelievable wingspan. He can whip the ball. Thing comes in at like 99 consistently. Yeah. So I just wanted to point out under the radar arms. Don't know how much they'll be used. But Keep an eye on those names. Um, let's roll through upcoming schedule because this relates back to what we were just talking about with Madrigal. I just wanted to air my piece on that. So uh, like we had mentioned, we have that uh, inter-squad scrimmage Thursday night, the 16th of July uh, on NBC Sports Chicago, 7 o'clock. And then uh, exhibition games start uh, Sunday night at Wrigley Field, 7.05 against the Cubs. Uh, Monday night, right after that, 7-10 back home on the south side against those Cubbies. Uh, day off, at least no game there. I'm, they may practice in between then on the 21st. And then the Brewers uh, at home, 7-10 Wednesday night, the 22nd of July. Uh, and that is then a day off, the 23rd before uh, opening day oh, on oh, Friday. Boy, I'm getting goosebumps. Opening day, baby. Opening goosebumps. day, Friday, July 24th against the Twins. Uh, we're all going to be together. It's going to be a great time. Uh, we'll have a little tailgate party in your garage, Tony. But uh, let's just run through some of these exhibition games real quick. First of all, I don't care if it's an exhibition game. I want to beat the Cubs in yes. both of those things. Uh, Second of yeah, all, hands down. I think the biggest <laughs> thing is I, I think that'll be a huge tryout for Nick Madrigal, Tony. Yeah, uh, that's, that's what I was getting at with this whole thing. I'm not going to continue to hammer this home, but – I, I want to see him start all three of those games. I'm I'm on board with that. I could see if they want to rotate maybe that second day, if they're doing rotations there. I'm just saying that's probably what will happen, but I would be fine with seeing him all three just to, you know, prove yourself here. If you're on base, like you had said, two out of three times and you're scoring and you're no liability in the field, I don't think that would be the case with him. He's been sound yeah. in his career over college, so I, I don't think that would be the case with him. But as long as he checks those boxes there, Hey, I I would be totally in line with that because then, that was then you utilize that was a retcon deep cut and then check the box right there. Then you, but then, then, then you you're getting the most you're getting the most out of your utility guys. Lurie Garcia is your Swiss yeah. Army knife. Then your pinch runner, your guy. Oh shit, we uh, get extra innings. It's a one-one ball game. Who's going to be our guy on second? Oh, you got good speed that come off the bench and be that pinch runner there. That allows you to utilize those guys properly. Yep. I mean, if he's hitting. I mean, magical could hit at the top of your order, the bottom of your order. I don't care where you put him. If he's going to be your best on base guy, I'd like to see him leading off right before murderer's row comes up. Uh, you know, Louis, I, I don't know where we're going to argue over lineup construction next week. I don't want to get into that now, but I just think <laughs> if, well, I can't, I can't if, wait for the if, shit storm on Twitter. As if, soon as the first lineups yes. released on Sunday, that's going to be I, great. I, just, I, I really think like you just pointed out, Nani, if 
Lurie Garcia isn't starting every day. That puts him in a position to be that utility knife that he should be. Yep. That puts the Sox in a better chance to win. Every game of this 60-game season is going to matter so much. You're, you're basically in the final stretch yeah. of, of the MLB season. Everybody's tied at 500. We need to win games. We need to win these games against the Twins coming right out of here. Yep. If Nick Magical is on this roster, he should be starting, in my opinion. That's just my thoughts. Let's move it into whatever you got next. Yeah. Uh, Buzz, do you have any thoughts on exhibition games before we go into the fun stuff real quick? Uh, I'm ready for fun stuff, bro. All right. Fun stuff. Uh, Disco Demolition anniversary was this past Sunday, July 12th. It was the 41st anniversary, the infamous night uh, Steve Dahl hosted at Comiskey Park, 1979. Um, we had a little party for it on Saturday night. Our guy, NWI Steve, came through. Um, Tony, we were listening to rock and roll all night, and I had a damn good time. Yes, you did. I think you... Thought you you died, had a really bro. good time, Johnny. I, I'm just going to say this for all the listeners out there. Johnny destroyed Disco. Disco was demolished by Johnny that night. Um, he, he, he went hard. We did. <laughs> I, I did. We did. Uh, it was great. It, it was necessary. Hard, you go hard for hard rock, baby. It, it was That's good. what we did. It was good. And uh, this is kind of my shout-out. We do the shout-outs on the show. But NWI Steve came by. And we got to talk a lot of White Sox baseball with NWI Steve. Uh, you've heard him on this show. You've seen him write at ONTAP Sportsnet. Excellent writer. Uh, everything he writes, I, I just love to dissect and, and read just as, as a baseball fan. Um, one, of my, one of my favorite writers that writes at ONTAP, NWI Steve. Uh, getting to kill some beers with him. He and I got to uh, smoke a cigar together. So I'm going to get my shout out out of the way early. Sorry, guys. But uh, it, it was a blast. Uh, just Johnny made like an eight hour rock and roll playlist that we, we listened to while we drank. Yep. Um, and it was, it was a really damn good time. Um, and then uh, I can't wait to host the next one. Uh, I've done some renovations to the garage mm-hmm. since the last party. Um, so if any of the on tap guys that are going to come back out, you're going to get a little bit of a different experience uh, by opening day. Spent a lot of time in that thing. Johnny can attest to it. It's, it, it looks good. It looks good. We got a golden tea machine now. Yes. So, so that was that, that's what you that heard at was, the beginning. Golden tea. There's was, now golden Tony, tea in the garage. Tony and I we spent uh, probably about an hour and a half putting that together today and played a couple of games before we came on to record this podcast. It's awesome. Can't yes. wait until we can have you know branch out and have other people come by and yes. test it out. I think that would be awesome. Yes. Uh, Buzz, um, you got any meatball takes? No meatball takes, man. No meatball I, takes, no tinfoil hat takes. I do want to build on Disco Demolition Party Night, though. Uh, Nani and I were running the table on bags until everybody pushed out and didn't want to play anymore. Yeah, that's true. We, we were. I'll throw, I'll throw that out there. Uh, Saturday night was absolutely awesome, man. We killed some beers. We watched people beat the shit out of each other, at least until the main event, which sucked, of uh, UFC 251 there on Fight Island. It was a great time. We talked a bunch of White Sox baseball because we knew it was on the horizon. And one of the smartest baseball minds we know came through in NWI Steve. So it was a great time Saturday night. If you if you ever have a chance, anybody listening to this, to make one of these parties, whether that's at the crazy Marchese cave or, well, the or cave. I want to. Is, is it cave? What do we call it? I, I call it the Garaje de Marchese. And oh, then okay. The, I like that. The, like that. Uh, the Marchese, I guess the crazy Marchese cave is down in the basement where we're recording right now. Yeah, that's right. where you see some pictures of, uh, of Johnny and I playing pool. So yeah. there's two different locations at Casa de Marchese yeah. that yeah. Uh, that are frequent party spots. Ours is going to be new uh, in, in my family's realm and in the on tap realm. Nani and I have already planned out a wiffle ball game. Yes. Um, 
which will be very yeah. exciting. But yeah, if you ever have a chance to come through and hang out and drink some beers, watch people beat the shit out of each other, or watch baseball with us, you it. should do it it's because it's a fucking, it's a good fucking time. It's yeah. a good fucking time. Yeah, so I, I, I challenge the Cub, Cubbies on tap to a wiffle ball yeah, game. Yeah, I think that would be that would be. A Are lot you serious? I'm gonna. Yeah, no, I've actually will. I've actually had this in the works with Ron too. Um, I didn't know you guys were talking about a wiffle ball game, but I'm I'm trying to uh, to get a. Either wiffle ball or 16-inch softball game. Probably wiffle ball, I feel like, yeah. would be better so we could throw it hard. But I want to beat the Cubbies on tap, guys. And oh, maybe we'll, we got maybe a, we'll uh, figure out some way to live stream this thing. We got right. an acre We got an acre and a half as of August 4th, boys. Acre and a half of land to fucking play some yeah. baseball on. Absolutely. So that's, that's how that kind of came about. Uh, I had mentioned a little bit earlier in the show with, uh, what we've been busy with lately. Buzz is on the move uh, very soon here uh, in the very near future. And as he had mentioned, going to have a little more space now. So what better way to utilize that than playing some wiffle ball? Been way too long since I played. So. Yes. Oh, absolutely. But that's all I had for the fun I've, stuff. I've got, I've got one more fun stuff thing. Uh, the ONTAP crew, Sox and Cubs guys, last week got a chance to actually watch some live baseball at the Chicago Dogs. We game. did, yes. That's and, right. Yes. Uh, we had a hot dog eating competition. And that that was Ron Luce, uh, host of the Cubs on Tap show. You've heard him on Four Feathers with Johnny and I, versus our guy, Summer of George. I just want to break this one down, Johnny. Uh, you and I were both present. Buzz, obviously, in the midst of his move, um, was unable to attend that. This was one of the most disgusting and no. awesome things I've ever seen take place. <laughs> just the amount it's of just hot dogs. Disc- I can just consumed. imagine Ron, dude. Like fucking the amount break. of hot dogs that were consumed during this ball game. Like, I don't know how either of them were able to wake up the next morning. Yeah. And there were copious amounts of alcohol. Yeah. This also. is this is on a Wednesday night. This is a Wednesday, Wednesday night. Uh, th- I want to I want to shout out actually again the, the Chicago Dogs for hosting us. Yeah. Uh, they put uh, on Tap Sportsnet up on the uh, the scoreboard. Uh, welcomed us. We got to uh, enjoy their suite. Um, and, and the food there was great. Uh, the the service was great. Got the, some free hats. We got some free hats. Uh, they took care of us. It's a great time. Get out to a Chicago Dogs game. Um, felt safe there the whole time. Yeah. Uh, masks, masks were worn. Yep. Temperatures were taken. It was a great time to go enjoy baseball with your yep. best friends and just 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 to be at a ballpark right now. I'm 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 going to remember that game. I I don't remember every White Sox game I've went to. Mm-hmm. I don't remember every minor league baseball I've went game I've went to. But I'm going to remember this one, not only for the hot dog eating contest, but just for the fact that in this day and age, this time, this time period, that might be the only baseball game this year that I get to go to. I, I'm planning yeah. on probably getting back out to a dogs game this year. Because yeah, we got to run such that a, back. Such a yeah. great time. But if, if you're looking for something to do on a weeknight and the dogs are in town, you want to take the kids, you want to bring your friends, you want to go have some beers, whatever – Get out to a dogs game. It was it was a great time. Um, can't thank them enough for the hospitality they showed the on tap group. But back to the hot dog eating contest. I thought George was going to take this thing in a landslide. I mean, you saw the showing he had in the 108 tournament. Uh, he talked a big game up. He even posted some messages to Ron. He was there first, started down in dogs, and then Ron caught up to him. And I tried to pressure George. And, Johnny, you can attest to this. I was in George's ear like, you know, uh, a coach would be in a UFC fight mid-rounds. Like, man, you get, you have to do this. This is for all the guts and glory. And George just was unable to put that last dog down. And that's probably better for him in the long run, for his, his own health, his stomach's health, 
and everything. No, nah, hot dogs are good for you. But kept going. <laughs> but I, I, your meatball take, Buzz. Or is that a hot dog take? Yeah, sure. You know, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It's a know. meat stick take. It's a meat stick. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Fucking I don't know when we're going to get a chance to run this back. As, as most of the people know on Twitter, George is moving to Texas. He's still going to be with us, but he's not going to be here. Um, George is on tap till he dies, baby. I don't know when we're going to get a chance to run this back, but I can't wait for what did Schwartzy call this? It was like oh, hot dog. Uh, yeah, hot dog and hysteria. Hot, hot dog and hysteria in. one. I can't wait for hot dog and hysteria two. Because I feel like George will take a different approach and maybe not down 10 beers. Yeah. Because I think he drank more beer than Ron. Hot but, Dogs in Hysteria 1. Yeah, yes. Hot Dogs in Hysteria 1. We are going to have a Hot Dogs in Hysteria 2. And it, I, I want to see George take the next round. Because Ron, he's a Cubs guy, and he's walking on cloud nine right now. Yeah. He's walking on cloud nine down a few right pegs. Now. We need to bring Ron down a few pegs. We need another challenger for Ron. And I've... As Ron's also being Ron's agent, uh, I know from him trying to get him to do another one of these is going to be very hard. Uh, the dude like passed out on a couch in the suite for like a good 20 minutes. And I, I at one point he uttered the words, I hope I can go poop tonight. <laughs> so I know that, you know, next time it's going to be a little harder to get him to do this. But great showing from both those individuals. Ron finished with 14. George finished with 13. It was a close match. It was neck and neck the whole way through. Um, those guys had a great time. I think everybody had a great time watching them uh, just destroy hot dogs. And uh, can't wait until we're all back in the ballpark getting to do that again. Yeah. Uh, so just a few final words about that. Uh, the dogs game was excellent. Like Tony had said, all those uh, precautions in place, only at 20% capacity. Um, it was nice to go out and see live baseball. Uh, felt safe. Uh, there was never any issues with that. But uh, with the event that we had, Hot Dogs and Hysteria won. If you want, if you missed anything from that, and after hearing us talk about it, want to go back and find it, go uh, look at the main at ONTAP Sportsnet Twitter account. Um, and you go and find that graphic that says hot dogs and hysteria. If you just go in our media tweets, uh, it'll be one of those pictures. Shouldn't be too far down. But then you follow that thread. Tony and I were kind of the scorekeepers, the social media, um, you know, reps at that night. So we kind of uh, took the pictures, videos, documenting all that. You can go and see the contest uh, where it finally became. We had a great uh, Tony raising Ron's hand video at the end. Um, and then if you want to go and see the video uh, where they welcomed us as a group on Tap Sportsnet, uh, that's both on our Twitter page and on our Instagram page at on Tap Sportsnet, same handle, uh, if you want to go and find any of those. So that'll do it for that fun stuff portion. Uh, Tony, you had one meatball take that you had uh, aired out on Twitter before we came on, but might as well say I, it here. I actually didn't air it out. Oh, you didn't air I, it I out. Didn't, I didn't air it out because I didn't want to give anything away. And I think Buzz kind of came back with uh, uh, a little bit of a, a preface to this earlier within the episode, and that was uh, Jordan Lazowski. Um, and I got to go back and, and find the tweet here. But Jordan Lazowski, in regards to uh, Carson Fulmer, um, and this is this is a weird one. I've, I've been thinking whether or not this is actually meatball take, so it's kind of on the fence. But uh, let's see if we can find it. Uh, Fulmer's changeup actually looks pretty good this inning. Uh, I'm going to meatball take that just for the same reasons that we, we were talking about earlier. Uh, I, I, I guess Carson Fulmer's changeup looked okay. I don't think it's as good as like a Lucas Giolito changeup, but I'm going to meatball take that for the reasons of 
Carson Fulmer should be in AAA or <laughs> a long reliever. I'm glad he's got a good changeup, but Jordan Lazowski will take every opportunity he can to stand up for his man, and Buzz is going to start I, chewing me out right now. I respect it, but, hey, we, we, we're going to call it out, too. Yep, we're going to call it out. I'm not going to chew you out. I'm just talking shit half the time. I don't know if he's going to be great. You know, I don't know if he's going to be great. Wait, wait a second. You don't know if Carson Fulmer is going to be great? Oh, you don't know yet? Come you on. don't know <laughs> by, by, by great, I mean decent. By decent, I mean just, serviceable? You know, serviceable. Serviceable. Are we looking for serviceable out of a first round? He's never day? proved me wrong. He, or he's never proved me right on when I thought he was going to be good. But I do think that he has potential to to be good. I just I don't know if he's going to do I, it. I, I've, I've ripped apart Lucas Giolito on, on numerous shows before. And yeah. that one's come back to bite me. Well, this one, I guarantee this one won't. I don't know. I wouldn't even take that. <laughs> okay, so you're going to head up a fan club with a guy that, that that says that, you know, Carson Fulmer's on his way back. I want you to evaluate your position here. <laughs> my position's, my, it's been the same the whole time. Right, my position's the same. I think he has the stuff to be good. But am I, have I ever said that I'm going to die on that hill? I've never said I die on the hill. I'm going to ask you this question. You're a big stock. You're a big stock guy. You I'm not a big stock, stock guy. I, just, I play Robin Hood. Okay. <laughs> you are a big stock guy. <laughs> if, 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 you're, if you've got all the listings of, of Sox players here, yeah. are you buying Carson Fulmer's stock, expecting it to go up in the next four months? I'll buy 10 shares for 40 cents because I know it won't kick my ass if I lose it. <laughs> You see what I'm saying? Like, uh, that's what I like. Look, I, I got stocks that I bought for like 40 cents that are up now at like six bucks. So, I mean, hey, I'm doing good. Okay. But <laughs> okay. I'm not going to spend like no $20 on a stock in Carson Fulmer. That's not happening because I, I don't know what Johnny, the return Johnny, I'm going to ask Johnny, are you buying Carson Fulmer stock at 40 cents right now? I am not. Sorry. I am not. It's a low <laughs> risk, high reward stock, Nani. I am telling you. It's I don't know. That. I am the I fucking the, Billy Mays of stocks. Be, I don't know what the usage is going to be with those, you know, six, seven starters. Uh, some of those are getting pushed to the bullpen. That's eliminating opportunities for them right there. So that that's no, I, I'm not buying it. Um, that that's that's all I've got, guys. That's um, all I got. Yeah, that, that's I'm, all. We, I'm pretty cashed out. That's all we've got. Uh, it's time. It's time to wrap this thing up. Let's get our shoutouts. Tony already did his. So Buzz, uh, hit me with yours. Oh, man. See, I wasn't fully prepared for the shout out today, um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to have to go with Iowa Zach. And, and the reason I'm going with Iowa Zach is because him, Jason Hosking, and I'm fucking blanking on the other guy's name because he's the one that Ryan. runs the Iowa Whites. What was it? Ryan. Yeah, Ryan. OK, um, I guess all three of those guys, honestly, because I listened to the I Want to Talk Sports podcast that they just launched and I thought it would. The banter was cool, and I thought it was funny. I, you know, I, I love to hear those guys' takes. I think that they're all like, you know, they're three legitimately pretty good dudes. They've come to our virtual tailgates. We've showed up at their, you know, Zoom party just to drink some beers. So I was really happy with listening to their podcast. I thought they did a great job, and I'd like to shout that out because they're just legitimately cool dudes that have always been really fucking straight with on tap. So nothing but respect to those guys. Yeah, um, I, I was going to uh, go a little bit down those lines. I just wanted to point that out, that those guys have that show, um, and they've been good to us. Um, they're, they're good friends. Always great to talk White Sox with them. They do talk some White Sox on that show, so um, would recommend as well. But uh, for my shout-out, I'm going to go with uh, – 
Cody Hoyer, uh, White Sox reliever, uh, threw a retweet uh, on the gift that I made of him, uh, throwing some nasty uh, breaking ball uh, to uh, induce a strikeout. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, he During spring training when that was going on before everything was suspended, uh, he showed some love on that too. So appreciate Cody Hoyer. He's definitely an arm that I want to keep an eye on. And then Oregon State baseball too. Um, they got the reach on Nick Madrigal out there um, because I had that single up right away uh, when he hit that leadoff one against Giolito uh, earlier in the week uh, in Oregon State Baseball. Uh, they shared that as well. So it was, it was pretty cool. Pretty cool to see that stuff kind of get noticed, uh, putting on tap on the map, boys. So um, show. that's it. That is all I've got for this week's show. Boys, final thoughts? If not, Buzz, close us out. I got some final thoughts here. Johnny, you beat me in the last match of Golden Tee. I'm going to finish this beer right here. We're going to say White Sox forever in a few minutes, and we're going to get back on the links. Uh, we've got actual golf tomorrow. We're going to get back on the links. We're going to be on the links until baseball starts. Guys, I'm super excited for this baseball season. When Johnny was reading off the upcoming schedule, I was starting to get goosebumps just thinking about how much baseball I'm going to be able to consume in the next two weeks. Um, and I know, hopefully, without any hiccups, should be able to continue that on for a little while. Sports are coming back. That's awesome. I love it. I can't wait to get things back to somewhat normal. I don't care that there's no fans in the stands. Just at this point in time, having something on TV that we can watch, talk, dissect, give post-game shows for. This is awesome. I can't wait to keep doing this more often with you two. I'm really excited to share what we've got in store for all the listeners and everybody that tunes into this show. Thanks for staying with us through this crazy pandemic time um i'm ready for some baseball guys uh johnny any closing thoughts from you yeah yeah i'm ready for sports to be back i think that's the biggest thing i hope everyone stays safe out there uh stay healthy wear your mask when you go out in public um and i uh, i am really excited for the white Sox, and i'm pinning them i know we haven't made official predictions i'm sure we'll do that right before the season starts i'm pinning them for 33 wins though feeling Feeling a little more uh, optimistic and less negative Nani here. So one, this one, real- my God. one oh more, my God. one more thing. I rubbed off on Nani. What one more, one more thing before Buzz goes, and I think it's a good segue because we have joyful Johnny right now, not negative Nani. Guys, cheers to us three. 150 episodes of Socks on Tap. I think that's a real accomplishment. Don't want to toot our own horn too much, but 150 episodes of any show, uh, that's a milestone. Uh, we've drank copious amounts of beer during all these. We've talked about a lot of high points, a lot of low points, um, and it's just been a fun ride so far, and I can't wait to hit somewhere near 250 by uh, the end of this season. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my God. I, I can't believe we made it this far. So fucking awesome. You know, 150 episodes, super dope. Very happy to be doing it with you two. But as far as my closing thoughts go, I'm ready for my for some fucking baseball, man. That's all I want. I'm ready for some baseball. We, we, we are on the verge of having the NBA, the NHL starting getting back to normalcy a little bit here, but our beloved white Sox are coming back first and I am fucking ready. I am fucking ready. So if you guys got nothing else, everybody be sure you're going to on sportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at on sportsnet at socks on tap. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, give us a five-star rating and review because that would be fucking cool and tough. So you need to do that. So I'm going to give you a break here. Go ahead and do that right now. Thank you. And then we will lead out with White Sox Forever. White Sox Forever. This one time, summer camp, I belted out. White Sox Forever.